Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. Uh, our, our message today, we're on week three of our message series called At the Movies. And what we've been doing with this series is taking a look at some, uh, uh, some nostalgic action-slash-adventure movies. And the reason that we do this, or why I like to do this, I should say, is when it comes to our faith, sometimes we can, if we're not paying attention, we can get into this kind of one-dimensional way of growing our faith, right? We can kind of think like, okay, I, I want to grow my faith, so that means I need to be at church, in person, on Sunday at 10 a.m. And so if, if we start to think that way, then all the other things that go on in our life, including watching movies, don't get applied to our, uh, uh, our journey of faith, don't get applied to our growth. They don't get applied to any other part of our life. So what I like to do is take a look at some of these movies and say, okay, some of the things that are going on in these movies can represent maybe something that's going on in our life, can maybe represent something that's going on in our faith. And what if, what if as we're watching movies, it's another opportunity to reflect on the kind of faith that we have, to reflect on the journey of faith that we're on? So we, we, we talked about a couple of movies. We, uh, we did Back to the Future. Anybody watch Back to the Future recently since we talked about it? Uh, a few people. Uh, and then uh, last week, uh, the movie was, what was the movie last week? Jumanji. Uh, did anybody watch Jumanji since we talked about it? Nobody? Okay. Um, I really want you to watch this next one then if you're not going to. So I'm going to just do two quotes and I'll tell you what the movie is. See if you can get it. The first quote is, yes, the past can hurt, but you can either run from your past or learn from your past. Does anybody know what movie I'm talking about? Don't shout it out. Okay. All right. Here's the last one. And if you don't, I'll just tell you. Um, uh, okay. One character says, you knew my father. And the other character says, correction, I know your father. Anybody, does anybody know what movie that's from? It's from The Lion King. Okay. That's from The Lion King. Uh, not the new one with Beyonce, the original one. Um, and so, uh, uh, so I want to talk a little bit about The Lion King today. I don't know if I should have done that accent now that I think about that. It might have been, uh, we'll just cut that out. <laughs> Didn't think that one through. <laughs> no problem, we'll be okay. <clears throat> so I want to talk about The Lion King today. And there's a bunch of great themes, honestly, in The Lion King that we can really relate to our faith. So this week, I really want to encourage you to watch the movie and just see, even if not what we're talking about today, but other areas kind of prompt you to be thinking about different ways that you uh, have grown or can grow your, uh, your faith. So one of the themes in The Lion King that, uh, that I want to look at today is uh, if you don't know the story, there's, there's uh, uh, you know, the king of the jungle, the Lion King, Mufasa, the dad, the big guy, and uh, something happens tragically uh, when the son is very small and the king, uh, the king dies. And what happens with the young king, his name is Simba, he runs away from his responsibilities. He, he, is, his, he is definitely afraid of what has happened and runs away from it, and a lot of the movie is him avoiding his problems, avoiding his responsibility, and what you could say, maybe, is avoiding who he really is. And I want to talk about that for you and I, is how often do you and I avoid who we are? Maybe, and maybe, and maybe it's not avoiding, maybe it's not remembering who we are, 
not embracing who we are. And I think what happens in our face sometimes, at least it does with me, and, and a lot of what I do here at the heart is I put my trauma uh, onto you, so you're going to have to deal with it. But a lot of times what we can do is if maybe we're not avoiding our response, or, or not avoiding who we are, and not just maybe just not remembering who we are, but sometimes we're afraid to embrace who we are. We're afraid to embrace who we have been told that we are because sometimes, depending on the day, depending on the week, depending on the situation, we can start to doubt who we are. We can start to doubt who people have said that we are. I'm going to give you a small example, and it's got nothing to do with faith, but there are certain things that I do around the house. I'm sure at your household, you have certain things like, I don't touch dishes, not interested, but I am happy to do laundry all week long. I'm happy to do uh, my wife's laundry, my laundry. I'm hanging it up. I'm putting it up. I'm, she's got special hangers for work clothes, special hangers for kicking it clothes. This is true. This is all true. And so I have to learn the system for the hangers. I don't have to. I, I, you know, I like to. And so I got to get in the motor of like, yeah, I'll take care of all of this. And, and, if, and if I do this for such a long time, there are certain times, if I'm doing this, you know, week in, week out, whatever, there are certain times where Amber, my wife, she'll, she'll say, hey, I really appreciate you doing the laundry this week. You know, she has to get certain clothes ready before she goes on a work trip, and I'll make sure I wash those clothes so she can take them on her trip. And she'll say, hey, I really appreciate you getting my work clothes ready. And there is something about that gratitude that fuels my generosity to keep doing it right? Because I was already doing laundry. See if you can follow me. I was already doing the laundry, okay? I'm already going to do it. So whether, whether she said she was thankful or not, I'm already doing it. Now she's expressed gratitude for what I was doing, and I feel even more fueled. I feel even more ready. Now I'm ready to embrace that generosity even more because I was reminded of how much it mattered. Do you see what I'm saying? So either way, I'm doing laundry. Either way, it's getting done. But over here, I've got the energy and the fuel to the max to do it because I can see I have been reminded of what I do and how it matters. This is what I want you to be thinking about, about your faith today, about your connection with God, your relationship with God. However rocky it has been in the past and whatever things might be happening in our future, how can this relate to your relationship with God, your faith in God? This idea of once something is embraced, once we are reminded of who we are and how we matter, of what we do and how that matters. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about just the more you do, the more valuable you are. I'm not talking about that. Because if we find our value in what we are doing, that's a dangerous road to go down because as soon as you stop doing it, you will feel less and less valuable. That's why today, I don't want to talk about what you do for your faith. I want to talk about who you are in your faith. Because who you are, who God says you are, does not change based on whether you do all the check marks you're supposed to do for your faith. You see that? If God's love and grace and, and mercy for you was based on your church attendance, well, then that would be a problem because what if you miss? What if you're busy? What if you're tired? What if you're sick? No, God's love and grace and mercy for you is not dependent on what you do or don't do. It's dependent on who you already are. 
who God believes you to be. And what I want to do today is I just want to be a small voice, a reminding voice to remind you of who God believes you to be and how God's power works through us and in us in our hardest times, our hardest days, our most, our most difficult situations. How God can work through the doubts that we have. How God can work through the fears that we have in stronger and bigger ways than he can work through us when we are feeling the most confident we can feel. Let me show you what I mean. I want to look at a verse today in 2 Corinthians, and I want to look at chapter 12, we're going to look at verses 9 and 10. Now this is out of the New Living Translation, so to set this up for you a little bit, 2 Corinthians is one of two letters written to a particular church, a group of people in the city of Corinth. This is the second letter that we have a collection of in the Bible. And Paul, the man who wrote this, what he would do is, if you're not familiar, Paul would go around and he would set up church communities, basically. He had this radical encounter with Jesus Christ, and, and after he had this encounter with Jesus, he was, this, he was this man who would go around and constantly wanting to talk to people about the power of Jesus, about how to grow their faith through Jesus, about Jesus' sacrifice and how that sacrifice made us whole and complete with God. How now, because of what Jesus did, when God sees us, he sees us through the eyes of Jesus. He doesn't see our flaws. He doesn't see how we've messed up. All he sees is someone that he loves. And that's important. It, it, at least it is for me when I start to think about you know, God, how big God's love is. Because I, I think I've shared this before. Is it is very easy for me to wrap my mind around that God loves everybody. That God has grace for everybody. That God has mercy for everybody. And that God loves you and that God has grace for you and mercy for you. But sometimes, if I'm not careful, I forget to remind myself that that big love that God has for the world also is for me. Not just for everyone, but I am included in everyone. So I, I want to share that with you in case that, ever, that can be helpful to you. Now, this particular part that we're going to look at, Paul is talking about him and the confidence he has in who he is. So this particular letter he wrote because the church that was there had been getting a lot of false teachers, whatever that means. People that wanted to come in and, and teach a little bit different ways than what the gospel had said, okay? Let's say it was something like, you know, you don't, you don't need to do anything to, have, uh, 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 to grow your faith. All you need to do is believe in Jesus. You don't have to do this, that, and the other. But some people would come in, and they would talk to these church communities, and they're like, yeah, but you still should do this. Yes, Jesus covered everything, but also you need to do this, right? And so Paul writes a letter, and he says, no, that's not the case. And we look towards the end, and I, wanna, I want you to listen to and pay particular attention to what Paul is saying about his connection with God. Okay, so we're going to look at verses 9 and 10. Check this out. He was, uh, he's talking about a, a thorn in his side, okay? He has all these things that he can do, but he said that God gave him a thorn in his side. Watch this. He says, verse, uh, verse 9, or I'll, I'll say verse 8 real quick. Three different times I begged for the Lord to take it away, this thorn in his side, okay? And verse 9 says, each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. 
That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, the hardships, the persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, I can't logically understand the idea of I'm going to brag about all the things that I don't like about myself, right? I'm going to brag about all of my mistakes. I'm going to brag about how much debt I just got, and I can't wait to tell everyone about this mistake that I made. So I can't logically relate to that. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. So I, I read a verse like that. I see a verse like that. I'm like, okay, well, what is Paul really trying to say? Is he really proud of the mistakes that he has made? Is he really proud of the fears that he has? I don't think so. I think he's trying to send us a message, the people who are reading this. I think he's trying to show us something a little bit deeper. What I think I see here is that God, well, first of all, I love that. I love this phrase, my grace is all you need. I was looking that up this week. I've heard the word grace before, and, and I think I knew what, what it meant, but seeing it there in this context, I, I, I feel like, how could God's grace be enough for where we see our shortcomings? Because if you're anything like me, when you see something in your life that you want to fix or that you want to grow, or, or, or say it's difficult for you to trust God with your finances, right? Or, or maybe it's difficult to trust God with healing. Let's say that you or someone in your life, someone you love very dearly, you wanted to pray for healing in their life. And so you trusted God and you believed God and you prayed for healing and the healing didn't come. That can plant a seed of doubt in our faith. Now, before I, say, before I say anything else, a seed of doubt in your faith is not the enemy, okay? A seed of doubt in our faith can prompt us, if we're ready, if we want, to dig further into our faith. So these things can help us to grow our faith, and I think that's where Paul is trying to use the wording here, this kind of juxtapo juxtapose, <laughs> juxtapose, I, just, I went to Texas State, so. These two different ideas <laughs> of I am proud of my weakness because when I am weak, I am strong. And if you think about it this way, think about when it comes to your faith or maybe when it comes to your friendship. If I can think, even, even for myself, if I wake up, if I wake up in the morning and I'm feeling really energized, feeling really good about myself. Really, I got a good plan for the day. I, I had a good breakfast. I'm going to go do my workout. I got some projects I need to do for work, and I'm, I'm going to do this, this, and this, and I stay busy all day. Well, I don't need anyone to remind me that I'm a good person. I don't need anyone to remind me that I'm a good friend. I don't need anybody to remind me that I'm on the right track because I already feel like I'm on the right track. So I'm not, I'm not worried if someone's saying, hey, Dom, are you doing okay, or how's your day, or anything like that, because I feel like I'm doing my own thing. I feel like I'm doing great. And I think sometimes that happens with my faith. I don't know if you can relate to this. Sometimes like when it happens with my faith, I feel like, yeah, I'm trusting, I'm trusting God for whatever it is. Or maybe for some of us, we don't need to trust God with healing because we're not sick. Right? We don't need to trust God with our finances because we're doing okay financially. 
And all of these different things that when we feel like we're doing fine, we drop out of or lower the practice of trusting God with those things or taking those things to God. And so I think what Paul is saying here is that our weaknesses, our mistakes, our doubts, our troubles can serve as a reminder of where God is in our life. It can serve as a reminder of where we can start to trust God. It can serve as a reminder of God's grace in our life. So there's a few things I I wrote down that I want to share with you. The first thing is this. One of the best ways to embrace who God says you are is to remember to remember what he said. We have to remember to remember. And maybe you can put a, a reminder on your phone or go to Connect Group or get some people around you that will remember to remind you of who God says you are of the grace that God has given you. I love the idea of grace. And if you looked online, you might find, you might see that grace, God's grace, is defined as unearned favor, right? God being a fan of you for no reason at all. And I think sometimes, at least, at least in, uh, in, my, uh, in my upbringing or, or, or what I have learned in the past, sometimes that unearned favor comes in the package of, well, you don't deserve this, but you have it, so don't blow it, right? You don't deserve favor, but God gave it to you anyway. And maybe it's all in the wording, and I've got my own issues I'm working through for sure. But I don't see God's grace that way. I don't see God's grace as, okay, you don't deserve this. You never could. You can never earn it but you have it anyway. I see it more in the same way. Maybe you, maybe you grew up or you have, you have children or you have seen children who are, who are growing up and they, they feel very loved. They're very well taken care of. They have everything they need. I can't imagine going up to one of those kids and being like, you know what, you don't deserve any of this love. You just happen to be born in this family, so (laughs) you don't deserve it, but there it is, I guess. You're welcome. No, no, that's not how we look at that. So I don't want us to look at it that way when it comes to God's grace, because grace is this constant gift. It's another thing I wrote down, too. God's grace is a daily gift that you can use to remind you of who he believes you to be. And that is someone who is trustworthy, because God trusts you with his grace. He trusts you with his love. He trusts you with his gifts. And I say daily gift because sometimes, sometimes we can get in this place of like, okay, well, I already needed God's grace big time this year, and I feel like I got it, so I don't want to you know, overuse my, my one good gift a year. God's grace is this daily gift that you and I have access to, right? It doesn't wait for Sundays at 10 o'clock. It doesn't wait for Connect Group. It doesn't wait for your quiet time in the morning. God's grace is there constantly. And that grace is to remind us that he is with us. And so when I say that I want you to be reminded of who you are, 
I don't mean a particular category. I don't mean a particular personality. I don't mean a particular way of thinking. What I want to remind you of who you are is you are known and seen and loved by God. You are known and seen and loved by God. The last thing I want you to, uh, uh, to take a look at, or you can write it down if you're taking notes, is this. The journey to accepting who God is. Sorry, the journey to accepting who God says you are. Nope, wrong again. The journey to accepting, I'll just read it. How about that? I'll just read it. The journey to accepting who God says you are starts with the awareness of his grace. Accepting who God says you are. Embracing the fact that you are loved. Embracing the fact that you are known. Embracing the fact that you are seen. It starts with an awareness of God's grace. And not something that God's grace is going to be there for in the future. Once you get a little bit healthier, once you have a little bit more faith, once you give a little more, once you go to church a little bit more, once you stop being so mean, once you stop cussing. No, God's grace is not waiting for you on the other side of whatever you think is blocking you. God's grace is with you now as you're struggling through whatever it is you're in right now. I think that's what Paul is saying here in 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 through 10, is that when something is happening to me that I think is not good, when I'm going through struggles, when I'm going through doubts, that is when I get to rely, I get to exercise my faith and trust more in God. So God in our life shines through our struggles. You see that? God in our life shines through our weaknesses because our weaknesses make space for that. You know, this, this idea of, you know, maybe you're not the laundry person at your house, right? But this idea of that, that gratitude, when someone is grateful for something I do, it fuels, it breeds more generosity, right? If I feel like I'm generous with something and somebody is grateful for it, that gives me the fuel to be generous again, to be generous more. And that same idea what I want you to maybe take with you today is that embracing God's grace, embracing that grace that is freely given, not freely given if, right? It can't be a free gift if, if there is an if on the end. <laughs> God's grace is not freely given if, if you go to church. If you sign up for a membership, <laughs> it's this free gift that is an unlimited supply of love and grace and mercy that comes from God. And if you can embrace that, even for today, even for the next hour, for just this week, if you can embrace that grace... Every time you embrace the grace that God has freely given you, it breeds confidence to embrace it more. Just a, lit, just a little bit of practice. 
A little bit of uh, I'm going to embrace God's grace. for uh, I'm going to remind myself, and I'm going to choose to believe for the next 15 minutes that God sees me, knows me, and loves me. And he's here with me in my problems, in my struggles, whatever I'm dealing with right now. I'm going to choose to believe that for 15 minutes, even if I can't believe it for the rest of the day. Even if I can't believe it for the rest of the week. For 15 minutes, I will believe, I will choose to believe that God sees me and knows me and gifts me with mercy and grace every day. That becomes a practice. Because if we miss out on that practice, if we miss out on the idea to embrace God's grace, here's what we're risking. Here's what we miss. Then the times when we really need it, it'll be hard to reach out for it. That's why faith needs to be a practice. That's why faith works so well when we are trusting God for small things because we build the practice of what we need when we need to trust him for something huge. And if we can believe, if we can embrace just for a moment the the grace that God has given us, the same grace he gave Paul, and we can believe that God is going to work his best through us even when we're struggling, then we are building the practice of a stronger faith every day, every day, every day, every opportunity. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for myself. Can you embrace God's grace today? Can you embrace God's grace this week to be there with you in whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're struggling with, wherever your doubts are? If you could, I want you to, real quick, close your eyes and bow your head. I, I, I want to ask you this, and, and I want you to respond if you're ready. With all of your eyes closed, every head bowed, my challenge to you and to myself this week is to embrace God's grace for the free gift that it is. Can you embrace God's grace for your life? Can you trust God to shine through your weaknesses? Can you trust God to shine through your doubts? Can you trust God to be there with you in your mess. If you say, yes, Dom, I will do that this week. I will take that challenge this week. Then on the count of three, raise your hand. Let's do it. One, two, three. Put your hand up real quick. Okay, let's put it down. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today, for the grace that you have given. We're so grateful that your grace is new every day. Your grace is new with us. You have made us new. You have given us your heart. I pray, God, that we would remember to remember that we are loved. We would remember to remember that we have mercy, and we would remember to remember that we have grace. We love you for that today, and we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheart.church forward slash next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows.